You pierce the darkness with the fiercest light. Welcome back to the Neon Woman podcast. I'm so glad that you've decided to come back and listen to another episode. My Neon Conversation guest this week is Tara Solberg. Tara joins me to discuss her origin story, her journey as an entrepreneur, starting her unique homewares business, Few and Far, her new business course, Trade Wins, her podcast, Trade Wins, what it means to be a Neon Woman, and so much more. I loved chatting to Tara, we had a wonderful conversation, and her amazing, beautiful homeware store, Few and Far, has such interesting, unique pieces that you can decorate your home with, so definitely check it out. Here's our conversation. Tara, welcome, thank you so much for wanting to come on the podcast, I'm excited to talk oh, to no. you. Thank you for having me, it's really... um really exciting and even though it is six o'clock in the morning (laughs) (laughs) I was like maybe maybe because we're on the same time zone it might be like a different time because you're literally the first um Australian that I've spoken to everyone else I talk to is like the other side of the world yeah well (laughs) so 6am would be a good time frame for those for them yeah yeah Yeah. I'm always up early anyway but yeah how are you doing amongst COVID it's like the age-old question that I ask everyone at the moment yeah not too bad obviously business has dropped significantly but we're not you know complaining because we're not actually in lockdown down here where we are so things could be a lot worse that's for sure Um, and it's actually really scary for everyone out there like you know not knowing when this is going to end so yeah yeah touch wood it doesn't come down this way but we're we're managing okay so that's a positive thing yeah that's good well we'll we'll jump into it um okay yeah welcome to the neon woman podcast um I always like to ask my guests the same first question, which is, you know, everyone's always known for what they do, but I like to really know, like, you know, who is Tara aside from what you do? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I grew up on the south coast of New South Wales in Jervis Bay. So it's it's a magical, beautiful place in Australia. Um, So I'm very much a south coast girl. Um, I love the beach. I love the fresh air. I love the, I guess, the sleepy nature of these coastal towns. Um, I love getting out and just, you know, enjoying time outside with my family and my children and the dog. Um, So, yeah, very outdoors and very much um, a beach girl, (laughs) Um, but also somebody who loves 
uh, who is extremely passionate about things as well. So when I find something that I really love or that I believe in, um, I'm all in. Yeah. I actually went to Jervis Bay once and because yeah. I'm, I moved to Australia from the UK about six years ago, um, lived in Brisbane for that whole time. And then my partner and I moved to Sydney, I think it was three years ago. Um, so I actually, this is like my hobby, my actual yeah. job. I, the office is in Nara, So I have to go to Nara like, you know, once a month. Um, wow. and, and I got to go to Jervis Bay once and it was just unbelievable. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Even now, like, so my husband and I, we don't live there um, anymore. We've moved a little bit further south down to Manana, but my parents still have a house there and everything. And, and our warehouse is actually there, which is a nice place to have a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, even when I go back there, it still takes my breath away, really, how beautiful it is. It's just such a magical place. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to believe that places like that actually exist in the world, I think. Yeah, and that you don't have to go, you know, travelling across the other side of the world to see them. It's just yeah. holiday in your backyard, basically. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> talk, talk to me a bit about your origin story. I mean, you said you grew up on the coast. but Yeah. Talk to me more about, like, how, perhaps how you think a childhood on the coast and all of that kind of influence maybe yeah. influenced how you started your business? Yes, definitely. So um, growing up on the South Coast, I well, we actually moved down. We were living in Camden um, and then my mum and dad moved down to Vincentia on the South Coast of New South Wales when I was about two years old. Um, so during that time, um, my father's a builder and my mum was a stay-at-home mum for a period of time. Um, and they came down to actually build a house. So while they were, while dad was building their, our new house, uh, we lived in a townhouse in Huskisson, which is, you know, 10 minutes away from Vincentia. And it was directly opposite the beach. And I have strong, like a really strong, vivid memory of such a defining moment in my childhood where in the townhouse that we were renting, my bedroom was on the third story of that townhouse. And I would sit there with my legs kind of dangling out onto the roof, just with the windows wide open and just looking out to the ocean and, you know, breathing in that beautiful, fresh, salty air and just thinking to myself, this is what I want and this is what I want to work towards when I'm, when I'm grown up, <laughs> if, you get, if, you, if that's what you would say. So, and I'll never forget that moment. Like, it's something that I always think about and I've always remembered that's always driven me to get to where I am today. Um, and just thinking about that little girl and everything that she's accomplished is just, I just feel really proud that I was able to kind of make that dream come true. And, you know, it's always been in the back of my mind whenever we're sort of working towards something that, you know, no, we've got to work towards this and that's what keeps me going. But otherwise, I had a really um, an amazing childhood. I love my childhood. It was a happy childhood. And you know, we were always kind of, you know, on family outings or doing things, going out in the boat and, um, you know, exploring all of that sort of thing. So I've got so many happy memories. But yeah, and lots of opportunity as well. So but that that moment um, when I was 
that was I was four years old then and it's, it's funny that I remember that so vividly but it has really um, been a push a pushing point for me throughout my whole life yeah I mean that's such an amazing memory I I am not a beach person <laughs> but pure, <laughs> purely because you know I grew up in the UK we have beaches yeah. but yeah. it's not the same culture that goes with it and when no. I moved here you know beaches are such a central part of Australia life yeah and I was like I don't really like I'm not like a I don't like the ocean it terrifies me yeah. and I almost I almost like mourn the fact that I am not a beach person it's like this culture <laughs> is so I love the culture of the beach it's just yeah. it's amazing yeah very laid back isn't it <laughs> yeah and just just being around all that nature like it's I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love it, but also I'm not a beach person. It's just yeah. It's this push and pull all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> so what made you want to go into, like, starting your own business? It's, to me, it's quite a brave thing to do. Like, yeah. I can't imagine well, it. I, I was working in the surf industry, so I, I completed a Bachelor of Design at the College of Fine Arts in Sydney, in Paddington. And from there, I got a job which was actually located back down on the south coast, um, which was, you know, amazing because I always had wondered when, because I had to move to Sydney for my university degree, I'd always wondered how am I going to get back home? Like I really missed it. I really loved it down there. I didn't want to live in the city um, or anywhere near it really. I can <laughs> Probably relate. <laughs> but um, so I just really wanted to you know, work out how I could get back home. And and for me, I sort of struggled with that because obviously on the South Coast, there's not a lot of um, jobs, especially creative ones. Um, but then this position came up and it was almost like a dream come true. Like a young girl who's grown up on the South Coast working in the surf industry, like what could be better than that really? <laughs> so I jumped at that opportunity and I actually got the job. Um, and while I was working there so that's where I met my husband Danny he was actually my boss um, oh okay there there <laughs> so he hired me um, and he's also a graphic designer um, so he looked after the men's range and I looked after the, the ladies range but part of that job involved traveling the world twice a year um, for trend forecasting so we would, you know, go overseas, leave with an empty suitcase, come home with a full one with samples and anything that inspired us, lots of photos, all of that sort of thing. Um, and on one of those particular trips, uh, we walked into a large showroom in Melrose in California and the, the showroom was full of beautiful one-of-a-kind sort of furniture pieces and decorative pieces from all over the world, India, China, um, Africa, Indonesia, everywhere. So, and, and we've always loved that sort of thing, especially Danny too, because he's a surfer. So he's done a lot of sort of surf trips and seen a lot of, you know, the, especially the Indonesian side of that. And at the back of that showroom, the owner was sitting at a desk, just looking very relaxed and, you know, working away on his laptop. And, and Danny said, I want to be him. 
And I'd always loved homeways and furniture. And I was the one that had dragged him into that store in the first place. Like we were meant to be looking at fashion, but, you know, once we'd kind of finished all of that side of work, we kind of, you know, do the fun stuff and walk into the homeware stores or the furniture stores and have a look around. And so, and I know even going through uni, I studied design and I majored in graphic design, but I was always reading Vogue Living and, you know, those sorts of magazines. So it's kind of funny that things have ended up this way. But I guess that was a turning point in our careers um, that we decided, no, this is what we want to do and we want to start our own business. Things had changed at, um, at the place that we were working and the culture had sort of broken down a little bit. It was things were a little bit toxic. They had investors coming in and, you know, it wasn't as fun, I guess, as it used to be. Um, so things had definitely changed. And yeah, that was a real, that was a turning point for us. Yeah. So you started Few and Far, which is a homeware yes. company. Um, yes. I looked at the website yesterday and, oh my God, I could literally buy everything on there. It's, it's insane. <laughs> It's, it's literally one of a kind pieces, yeah. literally ranging from furniture to home goods, like everything yeah. you could possibly want. Yeah, yeah. I could literally no, fill my house with everything. <laughs> well, that that's the idea. <laughs> so we specialise in the one of a kind pieces, like that's really kind of the core of our business and that's what we really love. But we, we also love mixing the old with the new. So we also import a range of, I guess you'd call them stock items uh, or range goods. Um, so, you know, things like table lamps, um, kitchenware or diningware, um, you know, cushions, all those sorts of things, anything that you would use to fill your home. Um, so we, we have that as part of our range as well so that we can basically offer the entire package and fit out an, an entire home which was kind of yeah and, and I, I would if I could <laughs> <laughs> it sort of forms the basis of the look and feel of our stores could you tell me what it's like to source you know such unique pieces I imagine it's not an easy thing no definitely not <laughs> It's funny that you ask that. So on the very first trip that we did, we actually um, imported a container of pieces from Indonesia before we even opened our first store, just because we knew that we wanted that store to have a point of difference. And I didn't want everything in there to be, you know, generic in terms of bought from trade fairs and things like that, that you know, from everybody that everybody else may have seen. So we started off with that, but as soon as that container arrived, a lot of it was covered in mould. Um, so that was a tricky situation to navigate, but we got through that. That was okay. Um, and then we'd actually had a five-year business plan when we opened our first store, and the goal was to open a, open a second store in Huskisson, but we actually um, accomplished that the very next year. Wow. We wanted to create our own competition um, and, you know, sort of establish our position in the market. But um, with that store and opening that store, we obviously were tight on cash because, you know, we'd had a year of opening our first business. Um, so we sort of thought to ourselves, what's the most economical way of approaching this? We're going to have to fit this store out with a lot of furniture. So how, how will we do this? And we kind of worked out that, um, you know, in order to bring 
like a container load of furniture in, it would actually save us a lot of money in terms of, you know, we'd have stock to replace stock with once it's sold and all of that sort of thing. And obviously the cost is lower, um, but it is quite an investment to bring in that container. But we ended up doing that. So we went to China because a lot of the uh, Chinese antiques sold really well for us. Um, so we said, well, I actually sent Danny over to China because we couldn't afford for both of us to go. And we, we allowed three days. Um, so three days was long enough for him to find something and not too long if he couldn't. So, um, yeah, that was really tricky. And I remember him calling me each day and just kind of, you know, he was just struggling through the process and nobody could speak English. He's walking around with a calculator and drawing pictures and, you know, trying to communicate and he was just getting nowhere. And he rang me on the last day just saying, I don't think I'm going to be able to pull this off. You know, what are we going to do? And I said, I just keep going. You know, you've got a little bit of time left, give it a go, see how, see what happens. And he ended up finding a um, freight agent that we used who was able to take him around to some suppliers and translate obviously for him. And he managed to fill a container on the last half of the last day of that trip. So that was definitely an experience, but, um, and then the very next year, we actually moved that store to a cottage that we'd bought in Huskisson because we always wanted to make sure that we'd secured a, a position um, and had, you know, weren't relying on a lease. And um, for that store, because we took, we ended up finishing up with the clothing and that sort of thing because we needed to focus on what we were good at. So we decided to go to India and wow. That was an experience in itself. Like <laughs> that's very, very different to anywhere I've ever traveled or anywhere we've ever imported anything from. Like just the process is entirely different. You really can't go prepared. Like it's just impossible. Um, so that was definitely an experience to remember. But we ended up, we were there for two weeks and we, we did end up bringing back a container, but it took the entire two weeks to kind wow. of work out how to do that. <laughs> so that was, yeah, yeah. So there's Amazing. definitely been a lot of experiences. <laughs> I mean, what's it like, you know, sourcing pieces that have history and stories? Do you get to learn about a piece of furniture before you purchase it? Yeah, we always ask, you know, about the origin or the stories behind those pieces. Like that for us is really important and that's a, a major part of our business. Like we we love pieces with soul or anything with a story to tell and I believe that that really, you know, um, makes any interior feel loved and lived in and, and that sort of thing. But uh, we do learn a lot about the pieces. So take um, China, for example, a lot of the antique pieces um, that we bring in from there, they're, they're made from old grain chests for storing grain and, and they then convert them so that they're a bit more practical for Western use. Um, so they normally open from the top and, you know, the grain is accessed from a hole in the top. But so they actually fill that that hole in and then they cut the panels out on the side of the sideboard or well, what becomes the sideboard of the chest to, you know, so that they can open. And then that becomes the sideboard. So it's a lot more um, usable. And then in India, they... Um, 
they actually buy complete old buildings, havelis, you know, anything that's falling down and dilapidated, they, they buy these entire buildings and they just go in and salvage as much as they can and reuse or repurpose it all, um, like just to make the most of what they've, they've purchased, obviously. But so a lot of the consoles or sideboards and things that we receive have made in India they're made from, you know, it might be an old window frame that they've salvaged and they've cut that in half or something like that. And then it becomes a console or, or a mirror frame or something like that. So they've all got really interesting histories and past stories. It's really, it's, it's, it makes everything so much more exciting. It fascinates me. And homeware stores are literally my favorite stores ever. Yeah. I could just, yeah. I could live in them. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> so could I. That's why I opened one. <laughs> so do you think that your life growing up on the coast influenced perhaps the theme of few and far? Um, yes and no. I, I was fairly new, I guess, to the idea of travel. Like I, I wasn't one of those people that sort of you know as soon as I finished school I took off to travel overseas and backpack around the world and you know work in cafes and pubs and things like that I was always really focused um, in terms of of what I wanted and what I wanted to achieve so I was kind of straight into uni just wanted to get that done because I was sick of working really hard and not getting paid for it <laughs> So I had headed straight into uni, but it was probably more once I started working at Ocean and Earth, the surf company that I was at, um, that I was introduced to that whole side of travel. Like my mum and dad weren't really big travellers. We never really went um, overseas that often. If we did, it was, you know, we'd been to America and places like that, but we'd never kind of gone anywhere kind of off the beaten track, if you'd say. Um, but I probably got a taste of it once I'd started working it with Ocean and Earth. And then I kind of really got hooked on everything that I could see and everything that I could experience. And, and Danny had done quite a bit of travel. He'd actually lived in London working as a graphic designer and oh. yeah, he'd traveled a lot surfing and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, it was, it was a little bit of both, I guess, obviously my childhood and growing up, I'd learned the, um, I'd learnt discipline and focus and and so that combined with I guess the introduction of travel was a really good combination yeah it's I also kind of see it as you know everything you find on any coast you go to is so unique and that's almost threaded into few and far yeah. everything everything you sell is unique yeah yeah no definitely yeah and obviously being on the coastal town too, like I guess the initial reaction or the initial thought that people have when they want to open a homeware store is, you know, you have to go for that full kind of beachy coastal look, but I didn't want the cliche that that was. I wanted my own spin on it, I guess. Um, so that's where we sort of introduced that side of, the, of, um, of that global kind of rustic eclectic look. Yeah. Well, you won the Global Innovator Award in 2019 out yes. of 32 other countries, which is amazing. What was that like yeah. to have your business and your work recognised? 
Oh, that was amazing. It was so unexpected. So we were actually nominated for the award um, and we'd received an email and I almost thought it was spam. I was kind of, you know, what is this? <laughs> you get some emails like that every now and then, but this one was actually legitimate. So um, yeah, so we were invited to travel to Chicago to attend the awards. It was um meant to be held there in March 2020, but we all know what happened then. <laughs> so we weren't able to attend, but they had sort of a, like a, um, a live streaming of the awards and we were presented with, well, we actually found out that we were, we were nominated to obviously go for the awards, but then we were actually in the running for the Global Honoree, which was one of the five or six um, awards out of the 32 countries. And we were fortunate enough to win one of those global honorary awards. Um, so we found that out at, I think it was one o'clock in the morning. It was oh, wow. the first, first award we've ever received in our pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting up like in bed with the laptop open and watching it and everything. So that was really exciting, but a real shame that we didn't get to travel with. I was so excited about it and, you know, booked the Santa Monica proper hotel designed by Kelly Wurstler and I was so excited and then yeah we didn't get to go anywhere but it was you know still so exciting to actually be recognized for that especially on a worldwide global scale. Yeah yeah it's amazing absolutely well hopefully when the pandemic ends life will go yeah. back to normal and we can all go to award shows and everything else yeah <laughs> I think they've rescheduled about two or three times now but it just oh. keeps getting pushed back so <laughs> so talk to me about your online course uh it's called trade wins yes what was the inspiration behind starting that yeah so I love helping other people and I really love it when I you know, I hear people with ideas or things that they'd like to pursue, business ideas, that sort of, sort of side of things. Um, and I know that when we were starting out and when we first built our business, we had absolutely no idea what we were doing. <laughs> and it would have just been so much easier if we'd had that person sort of guiding us along the way. We did have um, a friend of ours who'd owned a homeware store um, and who'd sold it prior to us opening ours, who had helped us a little bit with a, a lot of the basic sort of things to get started with, which was so unbelievably helpful. Like that was kind of a real integral step to us being able to take that plunge into starting our own business. And I just remember how valuable that was. Um, so I thought, you know, we've got 12 years of business experience now, like why not share that with other people who have a dream or who have a, a similar passion to what we have and, you know, make sure that they don't have to go through that struggle or those expensive mistakes and, you know, trying to figure everything out at the start and even along the way throughout their business. Um, so I have worked on building an online course that actually helps these people to, you know, take the right steps in order to build the confidence to open their own business or start their own um, retail store. And yeah, just just filled it with all of the, that valuable information in terms of, you know, anything from 
basically start starting out. So designing logos, business names, registering domain names, all of those kind of what you would think would be simple, but just making sure we've ticked all of the boxes uh, right through to merchandising, you know, store fit outs, creating a, a store and customer experience, branding, even up to sort of freight and delivery and how to handle that side of things. So yeah, we've covered as much information as what we can to get somebody or to give somebody a really great kickstart into starting a business. Yeah, amazing. Is it just um, limited to people wanting to start retail businesses or anyone? I guess the principles apply to anyone, um, but obviously coming from the background that I do, I've specifically sort of targeted targeted it to retail stores because there's quite a lot of information in there in terms of, you know, the bricks and mortar experience and that sort of things. But probably three quarters of the course it would be kind of any business related. It doesn't have to be a retail store. Yeah. And you have a podcast as well. I've just started one. <laughs> I've recorded the first few episodes, so I haven't published those yet. I'm just getting that all ready. But um, yeah, that's quite a daunting experience, really. But I guess once you get started and you get on a, a roll, it's um, it can be a lot easier. But no, so the podcast will sort of accompany the online course. So it's basically um, to tell people about our story, where we came from, how we've gotten to where we are today, and all of the lessons that we We've learned along the way, um, as well as little things like styling tips and you know anything kind of interior related. So, yeah, nice. that, that's soon to get off the ground. <laughs> and when does that come out? Hopefully within the next month. Okay. So yeah, I've got everything ready. I just need to make sure that I'm prepared. <laughs> Trust me, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. My last question before we get into the neon woman questions yeah. is if you and your business few and far could be known for one thing, what would you want that to be? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, I think the reason why we started our business or well, one of the reasons that we started our business was basically to allow people access to pieces that could potentially really enrich their lives and you know bring warmth and comfort and soul to any interior so you know that to me is really important and you know when you're building a home or you're establishing a home like home is where you feel safe and where you know you experience and build so many memories so to have a beautiful interior that you know you feel enriches your life I think that's really important and yeah I definitely would love for few and far to contribute to that yeah I will definitely be um, making some purchases today <laughs> <laughs> even if it's just like the feather pen or something that I found yeah. <laughs> there's so many things <laughs> Yes, I literally trawled through every page. I was just, I want everything. <laughs> I know, but, I've got to keep like building more houses or something because I just can't have everything. And that's yeah. the frustrating part, seeing all of this new product coming in all the time. And, you know, I can't change my mind all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my partner would kill me if I, if I buy any yeah. stuff for the house. 
<laughs> so I want to switch the focus to the what I call the neon woman questions. Yeah. I um I created Neon Woman, which had the acronym of the word woman into the website because I believe being a woman encompasses, I mean, so many things, but in particular, love, fashion, mindset, travel, and a healthy lifestyle. And the acronym of woman is what I think all of those things are. So I think that love is wild. Fashion is original. Your mindset should be magnificent most of the time. Travel is adventurous and a healthy lifestyle is necessary. So I ask everyone who comes on the same questions and I just, I love to hear everyone's different answers. <laughs> First of all is a new question for season two. Yep. And it's, I'm starting a Neon Woman playlist on Spotify. Yep. So my question is, what is the one song you play when you need to brighten your neon colors? Um, I've always loved Florence and the Machine. So, you know, something that really gets me going is her song, Say My Name. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's a good one to kind of switch on and get those creative juices flowing. And you know, even if it's, you know, doing some housework around the house or anything, I think it's just a really good, good one to have the volume up. <laughs> Perfect. I will add that to the playlist. Yeah. Okay. So what about love is wild to you? With love is wild, I think when you love something or somebody that I guess that that feeling that you experience, that sort of uncontrollable um, emotion that comes over you, like I think that's such a wild experience and especially in terms of, you know, what you can do when you love something so much. Um, yeah, I really think it's so powerful and, and you know, how you can get so kind of entwined within that is, yeah, that's definitely wild. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What about your fashion sense is original? This is the question that stumps everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yes, I'm... Fashion probably, um, it's not that it's not important to me, but I think it's um, its always something that, well, yeah, it is important to me because um, obviously growing up on the South Coast, there's not a lot of places that I can really get dressed up to go to, but I always look at the things that I'd love to wear on certain occasions and you know, I have them in my wardrobe, they just don't get worn a lot. But for me, fashion is definitely um, practical. Uh, and when I say practical, it's not boring. It's just, it just means that um, I like to be comfortable, especially in my day-to-day, -day, like what I have to do day-to-day, -day, like whether it be kind of re-merchandising a store or, you know, I'm, I'm on my feet a lot um, and or even just working from home and sitting down like I just like to be comfortable but I always do like to look nice and be presentable as well so you know even if it's just you know a casual kind of outfit but with a nice pair of earrings or you know something like that that's definitely me um, and you know always comfortable shoes. <laughs> yeah I think as women we're we're conditioned to like you know, 
break our feet in the highest heels you know, yeah them for nine hours a day and I really yeah. think the pandemic has made people question that like why were we yeah. doing this all the time yeah yeah definitely and even just like I, I never like to dress up as somebody I'm not so in terms of being comfortable that's sort of what I mean by that like just always making sure that I'm comfortable um in what I'm wearing in terms of how I look and feel yeah yeah amazing so what do you do to keep your mindset magnificent um I think always being or remaining inspired is really important and there's a you know there's a lot of different ways that we can do that but um I and you know a big part of inspiration for me is research and education and always learning and so that's really important for me as well as associating with people who inspire me or people who like you know lift my spirits and keep me going cheer me on I think that's really really important especially again being located in a coastal town or a smaller town and not having access to a lot of the things that you would in a city in terms of you know networking events and that sort of things I think it's really important to find a group whether it be you know a mastermind or something like that that kind of support you and and keep you going and and yeah, so that you're always learning and learning from other people as well. But yeah, definitely staying inspired. Yeah. Yeah. I have to stay inspired. Otherwise I just, yeah. this is why I started the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Where is the most adventurous place you've traveled to? Definitely India. <laughs> Oh, I could tell a million stories from that place, but it, it's definitely been an adventure and especially sourcing from there. That was just one of the biggest adventures of our lives, I could say. Um, yeah, it's it's a place that, you know, people say you either love it or hate it, but I don't think I'm either. I, or I think you can kind of love it one day and hate it the next or mm. love it one minute and hate it the next minute. So, you know, there's so much going on there and so much happening and, you know, that sensory experience is just overwhelming and, yeah, it's definitely an adventurous place. I'd love to go. Adventure or not. Yeah, I'd love to go because I love the food. Um, Yeah. But it also, it's quite daunting to think about going there. It's just an entirely different way of living. Yeah. It definitely is, um, but it's, you know, it's a pretty amazing experience and just kind of, yeah, being immersed in that is just, yeah, it's really inspiring. Yeah, amazing. What is necessary for you to have a healthy lifestyle? And I say healthy because everybody's definition of healthy is different. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely, as I said earlier, just having access to fresh air and and space around me to think. So, you know, where I, I find the most time to think or to have time to myself is, you know, a, a walk along the beach. And, you know, when I need to kind of clear my head or, you know, think of new ideas or whatever it might be, a walk along the beach with space around me, um, being able to breathe in that you know salty fresh air is just so important to me I know 
Um, that's why I feel claustrophobic in cities because the air isn't so fresh and, you know, coming home, that's, that's what I really enjoy most. So, yeah, definitely being able to breathe that fresh air and, and have space around me. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I say I don't like the beach, but since <laughs> I can't go to the beach recently, I really miss the beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then which woman or women are inspirational to you? They can be famous or non-famous. Yeah, my my mum is probably my number one inspiration. I just, she's just been a really um, strong woman in my life. And I just think that, um, I you know, I've learned so much from her and I can learn so much from her and, um, I guess, you know, I'm always probably not comparing myself to her, but kind of, you know, trying to live up to the woman that she is. And, yeah, I really admire her um, and, you know, how she, what, what she's done and how she is as a person. So, yeah, I really admire and look up to my mum. I love that. Tara, I ask everyone this question on the fly because I prefer spontaneous yeah. answers. Yeah. What does being a a neon woman mean to you? Oh, I guess um, that's a good question. Having having the freedom to be able to make your own decisions and to guide your own life in terms of you know, what you want to do, what, what you want to achieve, where you want to be. Um, but also, I guess, um, having the support and the backing of others around you, whether it be your husband or your partner or, you know, your family um, involving those people in, in your life as well, because I think they're really important, um, obviously, to, you know, being that woman that you are, um, you do need that support. So, yeah. I guess involving everybody in in that journey that you um, are taking and that you you know one put putting one foot in front of the other to get there. It's yeah, definitely having that like working on your own lifestyle and um, future. Yeah, amazing. Could you talk about any upcoming projects that you have? What's next for you? And also where people can connect with you and sign up for your course. Yeah, sure. So we have well, we have four retail stores in Huskisson, Berry, and Barrel. So we've still got the two in Huskisson, um, but we also have a wholesale business where we sell to other retailers called Indigo Love. Um, and so we we aim to kind of grow the business as a whole. So we'd like to look out for more new store locations, particularly in regional areas, because that's sort of what we love. Uh, we love being able to offer, you know, a, a beautiful shopping exper experience to those in retail or regional areas. Sorry, um, I know it's something that a lot of the time you can only experience in cities and places like that with a higher population. Um, so we really believe that that experience is important in those regional areas. So trying to expand our business that way, but also potentially hopefully opening a flagship store in Sydney or, you know, mm. one of the capital cities. <laughs> and as well as that, expanding our wholesale offering and the wholesale side of the business. Um, but one of the big things, I guess, too, is my online course and really being able to help others to build their businesses. And, 
I've um, I launched the first round in June and I've got another launch coming up in October but the group that I have at the moment I just love them they're just amazing they've got the most beautiful ideas and there's nothing better than getting together with them on zoom once a month and talking about those ideas and you know watching them kind of develop and grow so yeah there's a lot um, on the horizon yeah and where could, can people connect with you on Instagram, Facebook? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you can visit our Few and Far website, which is fewandfar.com.au, um, our Indigo Love website if you're, you know, if you're a retailer and you're wanting any, um, any new products or that side of things is indigolove.com.au. And for my Tradewinds retail course, you can visit me at tarasolberg.com. And we're on Instagram, Few and Far Home or Tara Solberg. Perfect. I will be making a purchase today. <laughs> <laughs> My partner may kill me, but I might, yeah, just, just, tell him. I might just keep it to the little <laughs> small items. <laughs> yeah. Tara, thank you so much for your time this morning. Oh, thank you so much, Chloe, for having me. And I've really enjoyed this chat and I've really um, enjoyed the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neon Woman podcast. Neon Woman was produced by me, Chloe, and Neon Network Production. Make sure to follow us on Instagram or check out neonwoman.com for all the latest episodes, blog posts, and more.